Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. It's the 5th of April. We've got to April. Ta-da. It's not still March. It's not. Wow, that's that's like a breakthrough. Something beautiful happened. Yeah. In a good way. I mean, yeah, we loved March. March was great. It was a great month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's that wonderful comfort of March because it's right after winter tea. And so it's like, oh. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And now we're off and off to the races. and Yeah. And now we're in Nissan. It came into the month of Nissan. We love Nissan. Over the weekend. So, yeah. We have a whole new month here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, got a little rain yesterday. We did. Yeah, past few days. It was like, like seriously raining. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were in a different spot and you said you couldn't see at all. Oh, my gosh. It was just like... I mean, zero visibility. Yeah. It was just kind of drizzly here, but... Somebody would say there were cats and dogs involved, but <laughs> it was just really raining. Sounds like it was Old Testament. It rain. was. It was Old Testament, <laughs> yeah. It was like, do I build an ark? But we were already arced. So. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Well, a couple of announcements. So we will be live streaming tonight. Yay. Um, after worship, I think the live stream will conclude there because we are having a celebration of a little lady that's going to arrive this month sometime, the new little one of Adi and Timbrel. So we'll be having a shower for them, and I don't think that'll be live streamed. And then next week, we will be in the fitting room, so we will not have a podcast next week, but we will live stream. We love fitting room. We do love the fitting room. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah, we got a full house. Oh. Yeah, we do have a full house. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Well. Very exciting. It'll be a fun week. It will. We'll As mi- always. We'll miss you guys next week. But. We will. But who knows? We might pop on the live stream with something. You just never know. You never know what you we might do. You never know. Yeah. Crazier things have happened. It's true. Well, I am... Um, talking to Papa this week and got this just really, didn't see it coming, I guess. But um, it's not like it's the first time we or anyone else has talked about the Tower of Babel or um, Babel, kind of depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> but um, it's amazing how those nine verses have so much um, that we have never really gleaned because we didn't, we weren't ready. We it wasn't time, but it's time now. So this should be fun. So this is the Tower of Babel or Babel, and this is Genesis eleven, verse one through nine. So here goes. Now the whole world had one language. So that's one of our keywords: is language, and a common speech. As people moved eastward, so that must have been east of Eden, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. That's kind of cool. You know, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, and one of their jobs was to make brick. I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to heaven so that we may make a name for ourselves. So, where's your, there's your clue. 
there there it's all about for us it's it's a it's a me focus so this is not for god it's for ourselves otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth talk about prophecy but the lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building the lord said if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. So plan is, an, is our second big word here. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel or Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. So, there's so much in this that I'm concerned I'll miss something. So, we'll just see what happens. But the first thing I'd like to just sort of extract is that word plan, which some translations use the word imagine. And that word is zamam in Hebrew or Hebrew 2161. But what it refers to is creating something with your imagination. So it's imagining an an idea, imagining this concept, and then making it real. And so one of the first things Papa said to me in this is that in making a name for themselves, they were actually in the abomination that causes desolation. They were in God taking and stealing for themselves. Make a name for ourselves. And they did that by violating God. So, now we can understand at least this portion of the story of the Tower of Babel. We now understand they were using their imaginations to access God which was an abomination because it was selfishness. It was a selfish violation of the Almighty One who is love. And so, in so doing, they were extracting these things that would make them famous, if you will, that their names would be remembered. Kind of a heroes of old a men of renowned concepts. So, this is another reference to Genesis 6 and the Nephilim, if you will. So, um, but here's what God said is nothing that they plan to do will be impossible for them, which means that they will successfully access the all-knowing God, successfully access all of those uh, alternate realities and parallel roots that exist in God because God knows everything and and would have actually drawn those out because they were unified. They were taking advantage of the idea that God created the world for unification, but not for, meant for selfishness. So, this the next thing God said to me was, is had God not confused the language the selfishness would have been so strong that the wage of sin, which the wage of selfishness is is decay and death, would have taken out the human race. And God could not have maintained the um, covenant he made with Noah. 
So this is another Noah moment here. It's like we're we're on a on a due or something. Uh, d- two, yeah. Okay. Yeah, d- two. Yeah. Okay. This is our second. It's our second uh, Noah reference. Anyway, but the idea that that God had to intervene, mm-hmm. and so instead of seeing this as because I've known people that would say, well, God was threatened by the power of humanity, and no. God had to rescue us from ourselves. And so, to do that, God confused us and brought about these different languages. And we were scattered all over the face of the earth, we were separate from each other, and we developed whole new languages. Now, language is only one of the examples, but um, we'll, we'll come down and look at a few. But also, just wanted to notate that Shinar, which is the um, the plain or the land where they settled uh, to build this great tower, um, it was the future location of Babylon. So I just say that because Babel and Babylon, you already mm-hmm. knew that, but I'm saying it anyway because some people may not know that. Okay, so um, the word for language is Safa which is Hebrew 8193. Now, this is where we're going to go on a little um, a little trend here with these words, and they all have one word in common in their covenants, their redemptive covenants. And so, when we say Safa in Hebrew, its covenant is piercing breath that reveals. So, wow, what a cool covenant for language. Um, and of course, breath, we, we, we've been really honed in on breath since um, last year and then into winter tea when we got to talk about the covenant of Nekeba, which is um, the female from Genesis 1, 26-27, and where we're seeing both the... Um, the masculine image of God that humanity was made in and the feminine likeness of God that humanity was made in. And so, we got a picture of the groom from the male and we got a picture of the bride from the female, Nekeba. But that's the royal priests crowned uh, to uh, become one flesh with breath. And so, that's how we learn from God that the spirit and the bride become one first. And that's the journey we're on now. So, the Safa, which is language, is piercing breath that reveals. And then um, this word for scattered is poots, which we've done before, but Hebrew 63, 27. And now we can look at poots as breath that secures the chosen generation. Oh my gosh. So, um, when God scattered us, something incredible happened. So, you know, we talked last about how we are preparing a way for the Lord, right? But when God scattered humanity in Shinar or or Babel, when God did that, God prepared the way for us to become the bride. So, that actual, that scattering has all of these implications that I think most of us would say were negative, but it actually has a very positive implication. It's part of the rescue. God didn't just rescue us from death, but God rescued us to make a way for the bride. So, let's just look at that a little deeper, and we'll go to Matthew 22, 
verse 19 through 21. So that brings Jesus in. So Jesus said, show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So, One of the things that Papa said this week was about how when the scattering took place, that's when, of course, civilizations really um, started to rise, and, and not just a civilization, but multiple civilizations. One of the signs of a civilization is leadership or government, and government that issues currency. And um, so, the, um, the different currencies are issued by government and when when that you know that image or inscription of the leaders are put on there that is once again humanity wanting to make a name for themselves so if you idolize a person then um, that creates a momentum for idolatry, and the people then began to compare themselves, and so they want to be idols too, and so it's all kingdom of selfishness. But there is redemption in this. So, the word for money in Hebrew is um, kesef, and kesef is Hebrew 3701. Its covenant is the potential of breath. So, all three of those words, language scattered and money, which is all, you know, the language was scattered, the culture was scattered, and when the culture was scattered, money came from it. And um, all of these have in common breath, which is what we are becoming one flesh with right now. So, um, our potential is, um, is within us becoming who God seeded us to become, no matter whether we're all in the same room or not. You know, one of the things we get to reconcile in this great global family of God is that we have people that we love so much that we have relationship with, but we're not, we don't get to see them every day. We don't get to see them every week. We might get to see them once or twice a year, and that's a blessing, you know, and some of our family scattered, we don't get to see because of COVID or whatever things that are going on. And so, what does that say to us? Well, God has a covenant in the scattering, And that means God has a purpose. God has something that he intended in the scattering. And it's not to, to keep us from, you know, winning or, you know, to, you know, to beat God out or some selfish, ridiculous thing like that, but it's to rescue us from death. Hallelujah. And not just taking us out of zero, but taking us into covenant, which is to become one with the spirit. So, even in the, 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 the intervention of consequence, God was able to seed the world for the bride that was to be revealed. And, you know, you look at things going on right now, and, you know, we have this world that's kind of shaking right now, and everything happening with Russia, and Russia is, has attacked Ukraine. We've been talking about this for over a month now. And... Um, 
And we see that and, and we see these differences in ideals. So one of the things, you know, that's always out there is that some countries have the ideal that, um, that there should, should not be choice when it comes to um, certain things. And there should not be individual ownership, but there should be collective ownership. And, and both can be abused for selfishness, as we've seen. We've seen greed in both. Mm-hmm. We've seen an elite come out of nations that have um, a collective mindset. And we've seen individuals that, that are very, very greed-focused in the nations that have more freedoms. And so, um, despite all of those things happening, we have two very clear um, things going on in the world right now, and they both are the fruit of the scatter. And one is that people are um, continuing to try to make a name for themselves, one way or the other, so it's all about me, or um, they're laying down their lives for love. And it's the people who are laying down their lives for love that are on the trajectory towards the kingdom of God. And obviously, we want the world to know, you know, we want the world to know that it was Jesus that rescued us all. But we, Jesus wants the world to love. And so, um, so we're, we're following the lamb and the lamb says, let's become a people of love. And so praise God, God rescued us from the ultimate fruit of, fruit of our selfishness, mm-hmm. which is decay and death. But praise God, he also seeded the world with this covenant of becoming the bride and the bride that lives in this daily journey of becoming one with the Spirit now, because when we become one with the Spirit, we're going to become one with Jesus. You know, you have to see when when the Spirit of Christ fell upon Jesus, that Jesus became one with the Spirit as well. And so, we're just becoming one with our groom. You know, we're becoming one with God. Can you even fathom that? God didn't just save us from death, but God provided for us the 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 proposal to become one with God mm-hmm. so that we too would not only not die not decay and die but we too would be never beginning never ending and so life yeah never never beginning never ending life um what a redemption that God has and all of this from the Tower of Babel. So, and I just notate that quickly to say there there's something about that event that I think we're going to end up del- diving into deeper at some point because it seems very likely that there is such a fight from there forward either to make a name for ourselves or to lay our lives down so that we can be resurrected, never beginning, never ending life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I say hallelujah to it because um, the currency of the world going forward is going to be love. Yeah. 
and it is it is the only other choice and and obviously you know it doesn't mean that selfishness will vanish um, we'd love for it to but but it according to the Bible it won't but that doesn't mean that we're not going to love like crazy to see a really, really big harvest of bride. The bigger, the better. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's so, so good. Um, I think I, I've got some some places to go from there as well. So yeah. um, I'll start here. So last Tuesday, we... Um, we were getting ready for two gather, and you know I don't have a lot of, I don't have a big job like for two gather. I I fill the oil diffusers and turn them on. That's like kind of my job before two gather, and uh, that's wonderful. It, yeah, it's very important. And I'm praying, obviously, but I you know the blue army and the turntables are very active in that time, and I'm I'm just there hoping to encourage you know and support. But uh, last week. Emmy was there, our little Emmy Hope. And uh, so uh, Axel was doing something, uh, preparing for something. And so I asked Emmy if she wanted to come hang out with Marmy, and she did. So we ended up having a tea party. And, you know, if you had the opportunity to have a tea party with Impossible Hope, you'd, you'd do that too. So we have a tea party, and we end up in this very deep conversation <laughs> about the difference between a bathroom and a restroom. So, <laughs> and she asks me, well, so if it's a restroom, do you, do you rest in there? And what are you resting? And all these things. So we had this great conversation about it. And that was awesome. So then a few days later, I see this story kind of came into my view. And it was about this trending new gym class that's happening. And the class is resting. So imagine going to the gym and you have a class where you're resting. So gyms are actually receiving increased demand for this. And it's been since the pandemic. People are looking for something new in their workouts, which is a good rest. So gyms are adding rest and recovery rooms, and they're equipped with different things, massage chairs and gadgets, and then some other things. So um, one man said his new evening workout reminds him of a preschool nap time <laughs> because you lie on mats and with pillows in a dimly lit room, and you follow an instructor through a series of gentle stretches while calming music is playing. And this is actually a, a class. Lifetime gyms, they have uh, 22 recovery rooms in their 150 locations. They're looking at adding more, but they most definitely are, whenever they build new gyms, they're going to build in these recovery rooms these rest and recovery rooms, and 24-hour fitness is adding as well. And the use of that space for them has quadrupled since the beginning of this year. And, um, and I think Lifetime has seen a 50% increase in a very short amount of time. And uh, so they're just adding these rest and recovery rooms with this class where you are actually resting. And these hour-long classes have been named surrender classes. What? 
and they've they've been packed since they began and there's just increased demand and i'm reading this and i'm just like we did this like we did this people <laughs> because we have chosen rest we've chosen to to enter into the fullness of rest and the rest of the bride now the rest of the bride is calling out for rest for true rest for a deeper rest and i don't know i don't know if you all went with me on that but i that's where I'm at, and I just think it's cool. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so this, uh, this man doing these workouts said, I always thought a workout required me to sweat, but being still has its own benefits. It's just amazing. And so many that are doing these classes are saying they care more about how they feel than how they look. So I just, that's all been kind of, it's just been a big testimony to me. Like I literally think our choice for rest has made a way for the rest of the bride and just, you know, it doesn't take a lot to encourage me. So <laughs> here we are. We're uh, with you. Thank you. So over the past days, I've been doing a word study on a certain word and I'm not going to go into to how that started. It's, it's something that's still unfolding for us, but um, but I want to share this place I came to that I know is for us, and the word is mansion. So that's not your your usual word <laughs> study that that I would do necessarily, and it it actually became our covenant of the week because it just um, just really impacted. So so we're gonna go to John fourteen. So John fourteen comes after uh, the, the Lord, you know, Jesus and the disciples dinner together. And it's, it comes, you know, He's washed their feet, and He's told them there's a traitor, and all these things, and that, that they're going to be invited to lay down their lives, and that, that they're going to struggle to keep hold of who He is to them, that they could deny Him. So, He's gone through this whole, you know, a, a beautiful night with a hard conversation has happened. And so he's, but he's encouraging them to, um, to remember. And then he's, well, I'll get there. So his very first words in John 14 are, do not let your hearts be troubled. So there's two meanings to this. Don't let your hearts be troubled and also be comforted. So, to, troubled in this context means hurried into confusion like a troubled sea that cannot rest. So, like a storm that doesn't cease um, a place of chaos. So, he's saying, don't be hurried into confusion. You know, he's already told them he's going, and, and there's incredible things that are going to happen as he goes, but, but they're very caught in the fact that he's going, and they don't, they don't understand the fullness of the story yet, right? So, so he's giving them this warning and an invitation, don't be hurried into confusion. So, think about, you know, Babel and how a confusion was brought. Now, here, Jesus is inviting them, don't enter the confusion that will surround you. Don't hurry to it. And I think it's a very real <laughs> statement that we sometimes hurry to the thing that isn't Him. 
And he's inviting them to remain, and he invites them to do that in a very uh, interesting way, because he's going to offer them a place where there is no confusion. So here's what he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. You believe in me. My father's house has many mansions. Um, Some versions say, and others say many rooms. If that weren't true, I wouldn't have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you with me and you'll be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So, you know the way to a place of no confusion. So, he's calling them to this radical trust and offering them a great comfort in knowing that a place is prepared. Like, he is already preparing a place where they can be instead of hurrying into confusion, hurrying into the chaos that is surrounding the idea of who he truly is what he's there for. You know, there's just so much chaos and confusion around them. And he's really, in the most heart-rending way, asking them, don't go to that. Don't let that be your home. Don't let that be where you dwell. So, he's given them this invitation. And, you know, there's another time where he's spoken of his father's house and that he's speaking of the temple. So, there's this great transition going on here. So, if we look at the word for mansion in Greek, it's mane, and it means a staying or a residence. So, that's really important because it's a place, but it's also a choice because it's an act. It's it's something you're doing, a staying. You are remaining in that place. So it's it's a place to stay and it's the choice to stay there is what he's talking to them about. So he's he's inviting them to a place without confusion, a place of comfort, and comfort and rest come from the same root word. So he is saying, In my father's house are many resting places. So if we're the temple in these many rooms, these many mansions he's talking about, are these many places of rest throughout the world. And that is the places where we are remaining with Him and allowing Him to comfort us or keep us from confusion. Okay, so he says, you know, I will come back and Um, In verse 3, he's like, I will come back so you can be where I am. So here's, again, this place prepared. You can be where I am. You can be where everything I am is. You don't have to be drawn into these places of chaos and confusion and agree with something completely opposed to what we've been living together. So, then down in verses 15 and 16, he says, If you love me, keep my commands. So, what's, what's the command that he's given them at the beginning of this? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't hurry to confusion. Be, be kept in the place where we have been together. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to abide with you forever. So, another advocate, another comforter, 
is how this reads, and that word for abide comes from the same root word as mansion that we've already talked about, monet. So that word can mean stations, temporary lodgings, a place travelers may rest in the many faces of phases of their journey. So Jesus will talk here in chapter 14 of John about the greater works about doing greater works. And whenever I read it, I am thinking of us as the temple and Him saying, remain with me, I'm remaining with you, an advocate is coming, a, a way to remain free of the chaos and the confusion, which is being rewilded. It is a wild thing to not enter into all that is swirling around you when you know it's not true, when you know it's not the place He has for you. It's a way we get to to be wild is to remain where we know He's asked us to remain. A mansion is a, is a place to rest where travelers can rest in many phases of their journey. So, as you talked about, there was this scattering and, and the purpose of our hearts and lives is this unifying, is this bringing everything back together, restoration of relationship, fullness of why He came, that we would be one, that we would be one. So if we, we as temples, little mansions, we are places of rest for those who are on the journey towards Him. Just like we're still on that journey of more and deeper and greater and all of those things, but there are people who are wandering and they are weary, and we are temporary lodgings for each one so that they can find rest in every phase of their journey, because that's what love does, right? Love prepares a place and love welcomes people into that place. And love welcomes all those He loves into a place. And what is that place? It's a place of rest. So we began with comfort. That's what the Spirit does, right? The Spirit offers comfort. And that comfort is a place free of confusion. And then in verse 17, Jesus speaks of the Spirit, this advocate that will be there, and it's a Spirit of truth. It is the truth and the world is is having trouble accepting this truth because they don't know yet. But then he says, but you know, because the Spirit dwells in you and will be in you. And I'm not going to leave you without, without this comfort, without this way to be dwellings for others to find rest and to do the greater things, which is to fill the earth which is to fill the earth with the presence of the Lord and this place of comfort so people can, can be pierced by the spirit of truth and know what is real and true and choose to remain there, to choose that same dwelling He's offering. And so He says, I will not leave you as orphans. Another translation would say, I will not leave you comfortless. You will not be confused. I will be with you, and I've asked my Father for this advocate. So dwell in this um, scripture about 
the Spirit is coming to dwell with you is from that same root as mansion. So then in verse 26, he says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So we see this introduction of comfort. Look, I have represented a, a part of the Spirit to you because we're, we're one, the Father, me, and the Spirit are one. And so I have shown you a character of the Spirit, which is comfort. And now, when you enter into that comfort, that place without confusion, and you offer it, truth can come, and you will remember everything I have said to you. You will no longer live without truth. And that is the place I've invited you to dwell. I will bring all things. The Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance. And He's just revealing this relationship that we are invited into, but also to live. This is Elohim in this exchange that they have been in from the beginning, revealing each other. You know, Jesus doesn't just reveal Jesus. Jesus reveals the Father. And Jesus reveals the Spirit, and the Spirit reveals Jesus and the Father, and the Father reveals them. And it's just this beautiful community, and it's the community we're invited to be always revealing these, the character and nature, the image, the likeness, all of these things. And here's this invitation that Jesus is giving to His disciples and to us is to live as temples, to live as dwelling places, to be many mansions across the earth, to fill the earth with His glory. Of course, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are a dwelling. You are a mansion. You are a place that many that are going through many phases of their journey can come and see God. They can know that a place has been prepared, not just, not just this future place in heaven, but a places have been prepared now. There are places prepared now for anyone who needs rest, and it's us. We are those prepared places that welcome people in. And so, you know, it's just this idea of we're the temple, we're a house, we're a room, we're a vessel, we're a container. And within us is the provision for someone else to come and taste and see and know who he truly is to come away from that confusion and to be comforted, to have a place of comfort. So, um, in Hebrew... The um, or Aramaic, actually, the word for mansion is anoa, so it's a n o a with a, an apostrophe, and it means a place to take the bride to, a place of betrothal to be made ready for consummation. That is the meaning of a mansion. So it comes right back to that place of unifying the place for the bride. Not just a place for the bride, but a place of rest for the bride. 
places prepared for the rest of the bride to come and be made ready for the wedding. It's also described as a place of contentment and fulfillment. So as something that I loved it as I was looking at this, so I said comfort and rest, or, or I may not have said that, comfort and rest are from the same root word. And there's an interesting place that comfort was first used in Scripture, and it's Genesis 5, 28 through 29, in the story of Noah. So Noah's father, Lamech, has Noah, and he named him Nakam, which means, may this one comfort. So at the time, the people of the land were hoping for comfort and rest. At the time that not just as Noah became older, but even as, as he was being born, the people were hoping for comfort and rest. So Lamech has this hope in naming his son that he would reveal that comfort and rest. So what did Noah do? What, was, what, was, what is the story that we know so fully of Noah? He prepared a place. He prepared many rooms within an ark. He play, prepared a place of comfort and rest. Those that went into the ark were removed from confusion. They were not part of the confusion of everything that was happening around them and all those choices that were not bearing fruit and were actually bringing decay. They, were, they had a place of comfort, a place to be outside of that confusion and a place that they could rest. And it was such a beautiful picture of Jesus. You know, it was just a foreshadowing of when Jesus would prepare many rooms and offer a place of comfort, a place free of confusion, and a place to remain with Him no matter what else was going on. And it would be the Spirit that would allow this to be so. This was the advocate that He would send, that He would ask the Father to send. And that word um, for comfort, Nakan, and that was part of Noah's name, it isn't just comfort, it means out of sorrow to joy that kind of comfort. So, um, so it's a place of great compassion and, and just reveals comfort is an action. Comfort is a response that we have. It's, it's not just something we're waiting for for ourselves. It's a response we have to who He is to us to offer that kind of place, that kind of rest to another person. Because we are the many rooms that offer a place free of confusion, but full of rest. So there's an, another place this is uh, spoken about. So Jesus has been demonstrating, even before He went to the cross, He's been preparing rooms. He has been preparing rooms. And this moment of the dinner, He had them prepare the room Right, He could have had a servant, but he had Peter and John prepare the room for their Pesach dinner. As a passing of the baton, you're going to prepare places too. Oh. Um, but before all this, there's, there's a moment where he lives out this very thing. 
So we've talked many times about the lame man who was healed at the pool of Bethesda. But here's a very interesting thing to know. So this um, this place of porches where the man was, it was not the temple. It was a pagan temple. And in that day, there's always the the opposing force that was trying to mimic the ways of the Lord so that people would be drawn. And what would they be drawn to? Confusion. They'd be drawn to confusion and chaos. So this place was right near the temple and the pool of Siloam. But this was a pagan place. And people were just discarded and deposited there without hope. It was just when family members or society, whoever it was, didn't know what to do with somebody who was lame or blind or deaf or any of those things, somebody who couldn't care for themselves, instead of being the temple and caring for them, they would deposit them at these pagan temples. And the people, you know, who couldn't really move for themselves, they either couldn't walk or they couldn't see to get anywhere. Their only offer of of hope, but it was a false hope, was to rush into this pool, right? They had to get there first. And what did Jesus say about to the disciples? He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be hurried into confusion. And that was all these pagan places could offer was confusion. Okay, the, the, the priest of the temple would come down and stir the water and And then the people would be told, okay, hurry in, and only so many could come in. And what they were hurrying to was confusion, because it wasn't a place of peace. It wasn't a place of true healing. It wasn't a place where they were being offered the truth. They were just being offered a false cure, something they could try to get for themselves. So, Here, you were talking about what man tried to build for themselves, and Jesus throughout John 14 is just talking about what only heaven can build for us, what only Elohim can build for us, and would we occupy that instead of the the ways we think we can get for ourselves what is needed, whether it's healing or provision or relationship or um, any of those things, don't build it for yourself is the is the invitation that that Jesus is giving them i've built something for you i've prepared something for you and i want you to do greater things which is only and only one facet but one facet is to make sure there is no place without room for someone to dwell with me oh, i love it so much so something um Important in this too is what was the man doing at that pool? He was waiting, right? He was waiting for this healing to come. So think of um, the in the Beatitudes when Jesus spoke of comfort. It was blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And that word for mourn is the same word as wait. So blessed are those, abundant, blessed means abundant, abundant are those who wait, but not just wait, those who wait with me. Those who wait with me will be free of confusion and they will know when the provision, 
when the answer, when the strategy, when the everything that is needed has really come and they won't reach for what they can get for themselves. Remember that right next to this man, um, right next to this temple or probably part of it was was a marketplace where you could go and buy all these um, idols and all these false things that you could hold on to as a false hope. And Jesus was just preparing the disciples through how He lived before them, like in the healing of this man. He went and prepared a room. He prepared this man to dwell with Him from that moment on and to let Himself be indwelt from that moment on. And He's inviting the disciples to live like that. Don't hurry to confusion. Don't hurry to chaos. Remain in the place I've provided where that is not where it cannot be, and you don't have to be uh, that false pull that is stirred, you know, by what man does. You can be a waterway split, completely split, split open. And so, you know, a question for us is, who are we waiting with? What are we waiting with? These false sources that can't really, are we waiting for this or that to come through? Are we waiting with Him? as a place prepared where He always dwells and there's no confusion about who heals, who provides, who restores, who redeems, who returns, who does all of those things. Yeah. Hallelujah. From sorrow to joy. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just how glorious it is that, you know, Jesus, I think, in the religion is seen, you know, as this, this person that's just revealing our faults instead of the one who prepared a way for us to become the impossible, mm-hmm. you know, something beyond us. Yeah. One flesh of love. Yeah. So good. I got lots of joy on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we love y'all. Yes, we do. We'll see you tonight. And and we'll see you next week. We just won't talk to you in the morning. Right. And hey, just right here, um, want to wish, and it was yesterday, um, but Captain had a birthday. He turned 13, and that's a big deal. So happy birthday, Captain. Happy birthday, Captain. <laughs> so happy to get to celebrate you. All right. See you soon. Bye.